I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together, we watch anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre, of the same genre, and watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you'll know what's a surprise hit and what's totally. It's podcast number 42 from We Watch Anything. Hello, <laughs> people in Listenerland. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Oh, that was very jolly, wasn't it? It was quite jolly. Um, I was feeling jolly. <laughs> it's episode 42, which is a very special number because... It's the answer to life. The universe. Oh, that was awkward. And everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can see... It's, it's nice, though. People can tell we don't rehearse. Spontaneous, <laughs> yeah, no. isn't it? Spontaneous. Yeah, that's, that's what people like about us, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so because it's episode 42, we just thought, for a bit of fun... Uh, it's my brilliant idea that we do a Douglas Adams special. Oh yes, we or, did. <laughs> because it is the answer to life, the universe, the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. Um, and then we, <laughs> we we decided this, wrapped the last pod, and then immediately went on Netflix and went, ah, ah. So <laughs> um, yes, it's because we found it quite hard to find things that were quite right. Because we have a definite. The one thing we're quite strict about: we don't mind a TV movie. But we yeah. don't do TV programs, do we? It's just not our thing. It's not, which um, is really annoying because there's the series of Dirt Gently Solicited Detective Agency. Yeah, which I've not watched. Neither not have I. Watched. Um, yeah, I loved there was there was a little scene BBC Three adaptation with Stephen Mangan, which was amazing. I didn't that, like it. Oh, really? I thought it was brilliant. I, it's just, but I, I thought it was good. I just, I think there's something about Dirt Gently. I just prefer him in the book because uh, there was a radio version as well with uh, Harry Enfield. Yeah, I didn't, see, I didn't like, like that, that as much. I thought the casting in the in the BBC Three one was spot on. I thought I totally agree. It's much better than the radio. I there was things I liked about it, but you mm. know, just that thing. I just thought I prefer reading this, even though there's only two yeah. books of them, of course. But you know, just just to but... do a bit of a, a bit of, a bit of name dropping, I kind of worked with Stephen Mangan a couple of years ago, and I said to him, I think it was a travesty that you're. BBC Three mm. gently got dropped, and he got genuinely angry. Like not with oh, me, really? but about it. He was like, "God, we got so stitched up." Rah, rah. Yeah, he had a real rant kind of thing because he loved it. It was a real passion project for him. Oh. Um, and I was just there looking at him with a bit of a celeb crush on, going, "Yeah, anything you say, Stephen, you're brilliant." <laughs> yeah, well, that is a bit of a name drop, but it's also good. It was, and yeah, it, I mean, it was in I keeping with this. It, yeah, and I didn't dislike. It. I just, you know, it's just one of those things. I just didn't. I didn't fancy watching it, but I thought he was very good, and mm. it was definitely the best Dirk Gently adaptation I've seen. But anyway, 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 back to this. So we couldn't do that. Yeah. Another um, uh, Douglas Adams connection is Last Chance to See, yes. which was a book that he did with um, Mark. Oh, some, it was a Carradine or something. David Car- No, not David. Yeah, it's Mark Carradine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and then a few years afterwards, as a kind of. Um, Stephen Fry did a series where they went on and hunted for rare species. Yeah. But that didn't feel right, because that was TV and Douglas Adams wasn't in it. Um, yeah. And then I, I pitched to you, didn't I, Ben, a Monty Python thing, because he's in well, a couple of Monty Python Well, at one point you, you pitched episodes. yourself watching a whole season of Monty Python, because he'd <laughs> yeah. written some of it. 
<laughs> yeah, well, he's which A he's, would have been TV, and B would have been <laughs> not one of those small undiscovered things that no one's heard of. I know, I know. But I was saying that. I mean, it's we the watch anything, series. even Monty Python. <laughs> no, but the thing is that, like, I knew the series of Monty Python really well as a kid because hmm. we recorded all of them. But they they never really repeated the fourth season because John Cleese left, and there yeah. are only oh, I think six episodes or whatever. But interestingly enough, my um. Douglas Adams actually appears in two of the episodes. Uh, the okay. first of yeah. which he appears in is just a very quick appearance as a surgeon. It's called The Light Entertainment War. And guess which number episode that is? 41. 42. Oh, what a surprise! <laughs> no, but isn't that amazing? <laughs> yes, well, they, they probably did it. To, 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 uh, I don't think it was coincidence. No, 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 no. But, dude, it came out in the, in the 70s, long before Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, really? I mean, it might have been the reverse. It might have been that he thought he'll use the 42 in the book. But no, 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 no. Hitchhiker's came way after he was oh, in the I didn't know when the 40 season was. I just presumed it was sort of a later thing. No, no. Thing. no. So John Cleese left. They made a fourth season. It's about, I can't remember the year exactly, but I'd say 74, something like that. And Hitchhiker's came sort of 70, no, mm. I want to say eight. Yeah, and um, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But anyway, then he was also in another episode called Mr. Neutron, episode 44. But uh, both of these are just very speedy passing watches. But now we're really burbling on about Python, which is just too much, because this is episode 42 and it's about Douglas Adams. Yeah. So the Although other connections... <laughs> Sorry, go, go. What were you going to say? Although, I mean, the, 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 most, the, the most we're going to touch on Douglas Adams is in this intro. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Okay, so I'm not going to list all the all the connections I found on Netflix to things relating to Douglas Adams, but I just want to fi- tell you my best one because this is the one I'm most pleased. About. Okay, go on then. So basically, <laughs> I was just looking at people who were involved in Hitchhikers on Radio and on you know I was looking at IMDb, following them down rabbit holes. Yeah, and I found a dude called Valentine or Valentine Dial. Do you know him? No. D Y A W L. Well, in 1981, he was the voice of mm-hmm. Deep Thought on the TV series, you know, the, the big computer that tells yeah. Room Fondle and Magic Thighs that the answer's 42. He was in the original film of The Haunting. Oh. And just considering how big The Haunting of Hill House is currently on Netflix, I just thought, that's really cool. That is a cool connection. So the movie <laughs> that you watched is... <laughs> not, not The Haunting, no. Not The Haunting, no. no, no the Haunting's not even on Netflix. <laughs> Have you watched The Haunting of Hill House yet? No, I haven't yet. I've, I've, um, I've been doing the second season of The Sinner, which is a bit fun. Oh, is that good? Oh, yeah. Have you seen the first season of The Sinner? No, no, no. no oh, no. wow. Huh. Good? It's great. Yeah, I can't tell you anything about it because the twist is in the first episode. Right. In, in, a, in a sort of strange twist, if that oh, makes okay. any sense. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's very good. And then the second season... Is uh, is one of those things that's a bit like uh, True Detective in a way that has a sort of a through current, but it's a completely different mystery, as it were. Very good. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, it sounds good, dude. Mm. Um, no Douglas Adams, though. No. Once once again, no Douglas Adams. We're, <laughs> okay. we're doing quite well on no Douglas Adams. I'm going to talk about my film now. Are you ready for me? I was born ready for you. Okay. The film I watched is called Forty Two Grams. Wow, and look, yes, he used 42. That is the only connection. Yay. It's a uh, 42 Grams is a 2017 uh, documentary um, by a Chicago-based do- uh, uh, director called Jack C. Newell. And it's all about a cook, a chef. Oh, okay, and cool. I, I know nothing about this movie. I thought it, was, <laughs> it sounded to me like it'd be a thriller starring Benicio Del Toro. I don't know why, <laughs> no. but that's what I have in my head. 
I know, I know. I, I thought that too. No, well, it's called 42 Grams because mm. it's all about this really obsessive chef and his wife and them starting a restaurant, a very high-end restaurant in, in Chicago. And they call it 42 Grams because, uh, you know, they always say the, the weight of a soul is 21 grams. Yes. And so it's the two of them, so they call it 42 Grams. Right. Because they're putting all their soul gotcha. into this restaurant. Is, is every dish they serve 42 Grams? No. Good. But it is one of those, it's it, it's very, very ludicrously high-end. You know, it's yeah. tasting menu stuff. Everything's like foams and and, and dust. and well, Lots you, of water bath things. Water bath things, but, you know, really taken to the end of the yeah. degree. Anyway, so the bloke is called Jake, and he's... Um, the film starts, and it's before they've actually launched 42 Grams. Mm. And in fact, what they're running is a sort of... Uh, I want to say illegal restaurant, but it's not quite like that. But basically, they've just turned their home into this sort of oh, dining that's, that's club. Oh, that's that's a thing. That's that's a thing these days. Like, yeah, I've got what they're called, but like, it's like a pop up thing you do in your home. Yeah, yeah, and it's called it's called Sue Rising, and it's this. And basically, you see him hanging around at home, and he talks to the camera a lot. It's really nicely filmed with nice music that kind of reminds me of Penguin Cafe Orchestra, and uh, and you just see him. He 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 really believes that the cook has to be there all the time. He doesn't believe in sort of like, um, you know, his aim is not to get a reputation and then, you know, go off on holiday. Be, he wants to be there constantly, yeah. you know, cooking for the people, the experience of him yeah, yeah. cooking for them. Um, and, you know, he's the kind of man, he's just got rows and rows of little Tupperware pots filled with like particular types of mushroom dust or or duck crumb and stuff and you get gotcha, the impression gotcha, early gotcha. you get the impression early on that this guy's really gifted and he's obsessive and he's quite sort of str- he's quite strong looking and imposing and his wife is sort of you, they seem sort of very much in love she's very sort of oh I don't know they they seem to have quite a nice relationship yeah. but at the same time he's I mean I didn't particularly take to him I took to I was impressed by how sort of passionate and obsessive he was because you can imagine the kind of guy he is but I just thought, God, I, would, I wouldn't want to hang around you. This, like, he just looks a bit like, like a narcissist. Anyway, the film follows their sort of... <laughs> they launch 42 Grams, and basically they sort of recreate their home as a restaurant, as in it's very small mm. and intimate. And, it's, and the film builds up and builds up to their sort of bid to get in the, Mich- in the Michelin Guide of fantastic restaurants. And... And over time, you know, it follows them for a good three or four years, I think. Yes. Yeah. I think it starts in 2012 and takes the story up to more or less present. And it's very candid. It's the things I liked about it. You know, it's very candid. It's very, you know, it's quite emotional at times. But although the bloke's not a monster, I just, um, the things I disliked were just, I found him a bit of a passive aggressive kind of um, tool. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But I mean, I. I'm, I'm getting to my review because obviously, yeah. I think obviously this goes without saying it's very foody. Yes, <laughs> if that's, you're that's interested exciting. in the food that humans eat and uh, very high-end tasting menus, if you like food porn, yes, which I do. The- I'm deeply in the middle of um, uh, of, of uh, MasterChef the Professionals, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well. This is definitely in that end, although, frankly, his level of obsession makes them look as slightly amateur um, mm-hmm. in some ways. He really is, you know. Bleh. So I think, frankly, dude, I think you'd probably enjoy this film. I'd, I'd urge you to watch it because it's, it's nicely made and it's an inspiring story in lots of ways of single mindedness. Um, but but. <laughs> Well, I don't want to say anything about the sort of where it gets to, but the, 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 
there's I a get coda. the feeling that maybe their personal life isn't as perfect as it might, might yeah, seem. Yeah, and that's acknowledged. I mean, it's definitely, it's all about the toll it takes on them, their, yeah. their sort of life together. Definitely, it goes into that. And it's just, I mean, it looks like freaking... Yeah, so mad making. <laughs> just like they, oh. they, they literally create this little prison for themselves and then live in it all the time. And you just think that would be my absolute worst nightmare. <laughs> says the says the writer type person who never goes out. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but the thing is, at the end, there's this kind of there's this slight coda, um, just told in um, captions. Yeah. And I don't want to say what happens, but what happened it. It, I felt slightly cheated, and I kind of thought I was. I, I, I ended Does the he documentary. Does he end up running a McDonald's? <laughs> no, I wish he did. That would be. No, I ended up. I ended up. It ended. It left me feeling quite annoyed at the documentarians. I thought. I thought. I felt slightly kind of like, well, that's such a fundamental thing. Sorry, I can't say what it is. No, but, but so, it's such so, a uh, fundamental thing. It felt like they they should have re shot rewritten the documentary is this a fundamental change something that happened at the end or is it something the current was running through it they ignored that only sort of like that they alluded to at the end no it is something that happened at the end Mm -hmm. so i don't it's not that i know that i'm right when i say these things it's more it's sort of just it just but that is the feeling it left because it it sort of it ended and i did that thing you do when you when you when you did true story i hadn't looked up this this because this got a really good reputation, this restaurant is known in Chicago. So yeah. I looked it up, you know, I looked up this guy. And so I sort of found out what was behind what happened next, if you see what I mean. Gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. You can probably fill in some blanks, but like I said, I don't want to confirm. No, no, I like that. You've been very it. elliptical. I could, I could research and fill in blanks right now, but I don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, right now it's, 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 it's sort of running the whole thing from like, they were serving people <laughs> all the way to like, you know, he was an evil underlord and it was actually a front for a cocaine ring or something. Yeah. So it just left, it left a, ta- a certain taste in my mouth. And well, that's what a restaurant feel... should do. Oh, <laughs> you know what I had in my notes? I bet Ben makes a crap joke at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the single-mindedness of the guy I was impressed with. Yeah. But frankly, I found myself being more interested in the wife. Insert creepy joke here. No, I just, I just, you know, I just, I just, I found her character more interesting and appealing. Yeah. And, Yeah. And, and like I say, I just felt cheated by the by what happened in, in reality. So f- because of all of this, I'm going to give it a middle of the road C because okay. I can't quite figure out how I feel about it. But I'd, Well, you've yeah. intrigued me just by not telling me what the twisty-wisty is at the end. That's annoying. Like not telling me what the twist <laughs> is at the end. Um, you, I, yeah, I'm kind of intrigued by that. And also, you know, I do like a bit of food porn. And when I say a bit, I mean a lot. Mm. Uh, and, I, yeah, I quite like studies of obsessives. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. I, I agree. That that's kind of how I feel about it as mm. well. But yeah. Cool. yeah. Oh well, mm. I'll, I think I'll give it a watch. Like, but I, I won't be beating down the door of Netflix to sort of <laughs> cram this into my eyes and ears now. But I, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a watch. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good, All right. Well, good. we'll move on to mine. Which so, okay. um, I can't remember how you arrived at mine as a Douglas Adams based <laughs> thing. Apart from the fact it's just sort of a bit science fictiony, and I guess that. Oh, well, no, I. I guess mine is sort of about someone who gets the answer to life, the universe, and everything. What's it called again? Mine's called Limitless. Yes, and it's also because I think your writer's slightly struggling with writer's block. Oh, that's block. it. Yes, it was the writer struggling Adams with writer's definitely block. definitely had writer's block. Yeah. Yes, that was it. And it it's a, it's a t- <laughs> sort of ties in with with with, with that. Like, like, just to give a, a brief recap. So, like, this, this movie... 
this movie doesn't sort of fall into oh, our, our more usual bracket in the, in the sense it had quite a large cinematic release. Like I remember it coming out; yeah. it was quite a big yeah, thing. Uh, it's Bradley Cooper. Uh, it's 2011, so it's still kind of like early Bradley Cooper kind of thing. I'd say right. um, it's Neil Berger directing, who directed The Illusionist, which I really enjoyed. The Evan Norton movie um he also that. did uh divergent one of those you know just like one of the endless swathe of post hunger games movies um so we've got, got bradley cooper you've got abby cornish uh you've got anna friel in a, in a minor role and robert de niro in a sort of like one of those big sort of minor cameos that has a massive effect on the movie kind of thing hmm. and plot wise yes bradley cooper is a sort of schlubby struggling author struggling with writer's block it's not quite writer's block because he's basically just just a complete slob. He can't do anything, um, which I'm pretty sure Douglas Adams wasn't. But he runs into his ex-wife's brother, um, who is played by someone completely inconsequential, who used to be a drug dealer, but gives him a little pill. He says he's now actually in the pharmaceutical industry and gives him a, a pill to swallow that he said will just change his life. And he's like, yeah, whatever. But yeah. he's pretty schlubby. He does, you know, he's not, I don't think, ill-disposed towards pharmacopoeia. And um, <laughs> he gives it a go. Now, the, the one of the nice touches at this movie, this is a, a small thing, but the pills are entirely transparent, which I've never seen done before. I like that idea. Huh. It's like a pat- transparent pill. It's quite cool. Yeah. So he takes that and... Within half an hour, his mind just starts to expand, and his his ex brother in law tells him that it's that old thing. People say, "Oh, you only ever use twenty percent of your brain," and this unlocks yeah, the yeah. other eighty percent. So suddenly, you know that the it's called limitless because his possibilities become limitless. Um, and then uh, he goes back to see his 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 ex brother in law dude, who he finds. He then sends him down to the shops to get something. When he comes back, he's been murdered. Oh, um, I wasn't expecting that. No, but he then finds this guy's stash of like hundreds of these um, NZT pills, they're called. And he continues to, to bosh the pills because he just becomes smarter. As he becomes smarter, he becomes more motivated. He finishes his book. It's a, it's a brilliant book. And he uh, does everything that you expect to happen, essentially. He, you know, he becomes a, a man out of town. He, then he gets involved in the stock market and you know becomes overnight a trading success because he can analyze stuff and just learn stuff he turns a little, little bit like neo in the matrix you know you know just quickly like read a yeah. book on chinese and be like now i know chinese yeah, well, um, <laughs> drunken boxing yeah. yeah exactly and he uh uh so he gets involved in the financial markets and then comes to the attention of robert de niro who is a large financial mogul kind of thing and gets embroiled in a in a in a deal that, that, that sort of mega level kind of thing. And it's the it's the idea behind the film Lucy as well, isn't it? That that um. Uh, yes, with, it is kind yeah. of a bit like it's a bit like that's Lucy. unlocking her her. her yes, brain. exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that she gets that drug injected into her and then suddenly just becomes. <laughs> yeah. That sort of changes her physical prowess as well. Yeah, more of which we'll get into later. And Lucy is Lucy is a really enjoyable first hour of the movie, and then just becomes utterly ridiculous. She 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 ends up turning into like a tarmac. Supercomputer. <laughs> I must admit, I liked all of it. Oh yeah, I mean, I still like, it, but the first hour I think is really enjoyable. Then it gets very silly, and then, but yeah. obviously, as you know, is going to happen in Limitless. Uh, mm. There is, there is a, there is a flip side. You right, know, he yeah. starts to black out, and lose down. time. 
Not even a come down. Yeah, when he when he when he comes off the drug, there's a massive come down. And if he t- he starts to take a lot of it, and then he just blacks out for like forty eight hours, and you just get snatches of this bit. I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast. There's this great scene in Brady Sinellis you know, book made into a movie where Kit Pardew... Rules of, attraction, rules of Attraction. Rules of Attraction. And the Rules of Attraction. There's this great scene in the Rules of Attraction, the Brennan Snollis Ellis movie, that um, mm. Kit Pardew, his character goes round Europe and does they do this whole thing as a whistle-stop tour thing. And it's a bit like what he's, he does when he blacks out for 48 hours. You see him at a party, he's over here, yeah. he's over here, he's over here. He'll suddenly find himself on a bridge. Boom, he'll suddenly find himself walking down the street. It's it's all... It, it, actually, his his view is very much like... You know on Google Maps, where it's your in-person view, and then you sort of clip down the road, and it sort of goes... And just throws you yeah, down the road, yeah. kind of thing. It's a bit like that. Yeah, um, right. And all the way through, it's narrated in the first person as well, by Bradley Cooper, who's very toothy. He's very sort of white. <laughs> um... And, you know, there's Abby Cornish, she's his girlfriend, she dumps him, she gets back together with him, then she gets slightly embroiled in it, she has to take the drug at one point to try and get out of a sticky situation. Um, Which brings me... (sighs) Essentially, I've really hated a lot of this. (laughs) Did you? Really hated it. I really hated the narration. It's so smug and self-satisfied. It's... So, I... I went back to look at a couple of reviews after I watched this mm. just to make sure that I didn't make the same thing that other people didn't. Uh, sure enough, quite a few reviews, some reviewers liked it. A lot of reviewers that said things like, actually limited. <laughs> um, and for, for me, the way I... For, for a start, it felt like watching a slick, well-made TV show. Right, um, yeah. And but the thing that really... Stung, there's two things that really jumped out at me. The first one is, if someone said to you, I wanted to have a story about a guy who takes some pills that unlocks all of his brain power. And what do you think he's going to do? You could, you, and that, in that over that first brainstorm meeting, you'd go, um, he'd finish his book. Uh, he'd become like, you know, cool and rich and successful. He'd, uh, he'd go through a period of like, you know, running around sleeping with people. He'll do that. Yeah, you know, I reckon he'll get to the stock market because that's how you make money. Oh, look, he's done all of that. What a surprise. It's like the whole movie is like the original brainstorming session and they didn't go beyond that <laughs> one tiny shade. Like, they sat down and thought about it for 20 minutes. But yeah, there's your movie. Done. Let's we just make that. Yeah, brilliant. All right, easy. Uh, can you write the script? Yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. Great. Ooh, do you need the special drug to do it? No, because it's so easy. I don't even need a special pill to write this. My dog could write this movie if you told him you had to write a movie about someone who was smart with special powers. I don't even have a dog. So, so that that really annoyed me. It's just so mm. predictable. Apart from, to be honest, it's one seven grace is the very end, and the end is not quite predictable. I, th- I still think it's not. I looked at it objectively; it's not a particularly good end, but it is uh, probably the end it should have. But it's not predictable as well. Can't tell right. you more than that. Um, but there's this really irritating thing that happens when Abby Cornish, his girlfriend, he tells her she's hiding behind some rocks in a park, a guy's trying to kill her. And she's like, I don't know how to get out of this. And he went, just take one of the pills. Take one of the pills and you'll work it out. And she's kind of like, uh, what? And he just she goes, take one of the pills, you'll work it out. So she goes, okay, fine. She takes one of the pills. And then she there's like a, a sort of uh, BBC Sherlock series moment where she looks around and she scrapes, oh, vroom, rock over there, vroom, man streaming over there, vroom, ice drink over there, vroom, and just sort of like does this calculation about everything. And she runs for it. And her, her, her tactic is at winter, her tactic is to run onto the ice rink that those people are skating on in normal shoes and pelt it at full pace across this ice rink and then she ends up uh, using uh, something on the ice rink to help herself. But in no way on earth being super smart would your brain ever say, 
you know what? Go and run on that big bit of ice over there. That would be a good idea. There's someone chasing you. Do you think you just take a big run on the big slippery thing? And she doesn't fall over. It's like Great Blue, Deep Blue Sea. Right? In Deep Blue mm. Sea, the thing that annoyed me right from the beginning is they went, you know, remember this plot, the, the sharks get super smart, right? And there's a point yeah. right early on where the, the sharks move backwards and they'll go, oh! Sharks usually can't move backwards. No, because their gills get backed up. It like it's physically. I don't care how smart you are, you can't make your gills operate a different way. I may have said this before, but (laughs) it's the same. I don't think you've said it to me before. No matter how smart you are, you still can't run on ice in high heels. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, that annoyed me. Basically, oh god, it was irritating. It was it really sounds irritating. irritating. Yeah, it sounds like one of those films that like probably would have made a half decent. Um, uh, oh, what's the you know um, Twilight Zone? Yeah, Twilight Zone yeah. episode, and that's I mean, about it, it. It has its own TV series. Oh, I had a very short-lived TV series, but essentially, yeah, it's just it's just quite annoying. I found yeah, it quite it annoying. annoying, and it's just it just it does it. It takes route A to B, and that's it. it doesn't stop along the way. It doesn't really think about everything. Everything predictable you could think might happen happens and all and I like Bradley Cooper. I think Bradley Cooper is genuinely yeah. really good. And I wanted to punch him in the whole movie with his big <laughs> shiny white perfect teeth and his twinkly eyes and his I was really frigging annoying narration. Oh I haven't seen it. Wow you're the first person I've met who said that. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah I just found the music so annoying. It, mm. it spoiled it for me. But yeah. interesting. Yeah. Anyway, no I like Bradley Cooper too. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan. Well yeah. this is a solid D. I mean it's not an E, no. it's not it's not inept. It's just no. a bit like, ugh. And it just annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a D for don't bother. Oh, dear. We've not had a very good Douglas Adams episode so far. Not, no, cause, especially because none of it's been connected to Douglas Adams. <laughs> <laughs> but we did say at the end of the last episode that it would be a lame and tenuous It's entirely true. It's entirely so true. We, we've delivered on promise. All right, so... Um, combo time. Combo time. Now, right, what did now... you choose, John, and why? <laughs> well, just... Just to explain the combo. First, Ben, can you give us the title? It is, uh, Lo and Behold, Reveries of the Connected World. Which is a documentary by... Werner Herzog. Exactamundo. And uh, the reason we chose this is because Douglas Adams is sort of not credited with inventing the internet, but... He was, a, he, just, he was an early he was, pioneer in using it. Yeah, he was an early pioneer of using home computers. He had an Apple II, I think, rather than Apple I, didn't he? Mm. But he was, and he also, and people compare the Hitchhiker's Guide itself within the story as a, you know, there's a bit when it's updated, isn't it? And then suddenly there's whole yes. loads of new information about Earth and whatnot. So that seemed a good reason, as Eddie, to uh, do this documentary, which is, yes, a Werner Herzog piece all yeah. about the connected world, the birth of the internet. And um, yeah, it's, it's let's let's start talking about. It. I mean, it's yeah, well, told I mean, in sort of initially. Ten I'm always going to be chapters. very pro. Yeah, it's all in ten chapters. Initially, I'm always going to be very pro a bit of mm. Van Herzog because I, yeah. you know, Grizzly Man. I love his fiction and non-fiction. You know, Aguirre, Wrath of God, amazing. Grizzly Man, amazing. I said I haven't seen yep. Cave of Forgotten Dreams. That's going to be amazing too. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so it starts off basically with him going for the beginnings of the the very sort of technical beginnings of the internet and how the internet itself was was born essentially, right? Yeah, DARPA, and he follows this. He goes into this room where they've sort of recreated a room as it was back in the sixties. Was it back in the sixties when the first sort of proto email for proto yeah, network was set up? Fifties when they set the room up. I can't quite yeah. remember. I've suddenly forgotten as well. But it's a good bit in the documentary. Yeah. It's nicely filmed. There's a really enigmatic guy who's talking to the camera and describing the first. You know, he's a. I, I found him quite funny. 
And, and what's the very first message? Is it low? Is that why it's called Low and Behold? Am I remembering right? Or I've said I honestly, I, I can't oh, remember I can't at all. So <laughs> I only watched that. Brilliant. I rewatched that bit um, again, <laughs> like about three hours ago. <laughs> We're really good at memory stuff, yes. aren't we? Um, anyway, and then so and then it goes through sort of themes and chapters, and I don't know how you felt about it, dude, but I would say that there were bits of this documentary that I liked more than other bits. I mean, you know, it's got a very episodic style. That's very true. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Are, are you holding this, off saying anything for a I while? I am holding off saying anything until we sort of give... I, I think, yes, you're right, it's very episodic. It starts off with how the internet was born, yes. and then it sort of moves on a bit to sort of like how it's being used now with self-driving yeah. cars and things, and it moves on to people who are affected negatively by the internet yeah. and then it sort of moves on to um hackers and stuff like that oh yes yes i quite um, enjoyed that bit and then it moves on to sort of the the more connected world kind of thing i think that's yeah, sort of, that's, it, that's the broader strokes it moves into I think. yeah and it sort of develops into sort of a certain amount of looking into what the future of the internet might be yes um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the kind of people that are interviewed. So Elon Musk is in this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's his name, isn't it? Yeah, Elon, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. It does go into the... It, it talks about technology taking us to Mars also. And Yeah, there's a famous hacker that's interviewed who's who's yeah. uh, who's, who's quite um, quite something. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, who else is interviewed? Well, I, do you want to put your cards on the table? I'm sensing... I'm going to see I if I'm right. I thought it was you rubbish. <laughs> I don't. Sorry, I didn't think it was rubbish. I mean, don't, I'm sure Werner Herzog doesn't do rubbish things. Crikey, it was boring. I, mm. I, I'm a geek. I'm a massive tech geek. I was really expecting to like this. I couldn't tell you what the first message on the internet was because for the first, I've watched the first half hour twice now, and I tuned out both times because it was <laughs> so boring. The, the way I've summed up for me this documentary is one man's journey into learning that technology exists. <laughs> that's it I, my theory behind this is that if Werner, Werner Herzog were not such an oddball who lives outside of society and I praise him for that a lot of the time I love a lot of the stuff he does but he's so fascinated in this documentary by stuff that I find completely commonplace yeah I know what you mean but I was just like yeah. no this isn't new like the hacking section it's like oh look hackers can get into every factor of life and control stuff yeah I know <laughs> um, hackers can cause lots of damage like that yeah because it's just like this big reveal where he's talking about how much damage hackers can do. Like, yeah, no, we know that. Oh, look, you're always being watched by. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> there's, there's the whole section about the Internet of Me, where he's talking about, you know, one oh, day yeah, in your house, I mean, yeah, yeah, I yeah. dream of devices I can talk to that do stuff. I've got it. It's tw- this documentary was in 2016, right? In 2017, I had three Google Homes in my house. I walk into rooms and I ask them to do things. I have this thing they're talking about on the documentary, like it was the future. It's the present. It was the present <laughs> then. Alexa was out and happily functioning then. But for some reason, the documentary doesn't touch on that. Even yeah. though it's talking about that kind of thing, which I thought was a massive black hole. And I do think that it's, it's partly the, the, the problem that Werner Herzog does shut himself off from a lot of stuff. And yeah. it's basically, this is called Werner Herzog finds out about technology. And I didn't care. I know exactly what you're getting at. And I def I I was my review's not nearly as bad as yours because I quite enjoyed sections of mm. it. I did find it patchy, but mine's not a. I I mine is. I think some people would enjoy watching this. I would recommend it. I hate. I oh know. I like the very beginning. I hated the bit when he was talking about people who seem to be affected by 
the amount of you know it suddenly oh. went to Green Bank and then it went down a little tangent of all these people that live near Green Bank Observatory because there's no you know internet badness there. I was sort of like, where the hell is this going? But there were it, for well, me, it came well, around this one, a bit this when it going, started. I slept to- in a Faraday cage. But yeah, I, well, I, well, I had to curl up. I couldn't even stretch out. Well, make a bigger Faraday cage, you moron. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. But basically, I because I actually, to be honest, I, I thought that was one of the more interesting bits. Is the people who are sort of like, oh no, I I couldn't bear that bit. No, I mean, I didn't I, I didn't have any sympathy bit... for them. But I, I thought I thought I did think again that was sort of his slight bias of, for oddballs going. Yes, maybe. You, have you have you seen Better Call Saul? No. Okay, well, Better Call Saul, his brother's like that. He can't have cell phones near him. Oh, really? and it's just, you know, it's a, it's a phobia. Yeah. I'm sure some people are affected by radio waves and blah, 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 blah. blah. But these people are also, a lot of them, I'm guessing, well, just full dis- morons. Full disclosure, mm. I should say that I watched this in... I normally try and watch everything in, you know, in a good, solid, single sitting. Yeah. Um, because, you know, because it can really change how you feel about things. And I watched this in two sittings. And I think for me that sort of helped me reset because I start. I've, I've basically I found that the second sitting, which was probably from about halfway through, I really quite enjoyed. Yeah. And, I, no, no, and I didn't mind the all second that part. It's more enjoyable. Exactly mean, I'm but... not going to lie. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I and I I did enjoy some of that bit, but I did. I was left thinking this feels this feels out of date. Yeah, I know. I do, yeah, yeah. I know. It's a bit like your like a documentary by your dad doing yeah. something about like wireless keyboards or something. Yeah, I know. It was a bit like that. It did really feel out of date and a bit irrelevant by that point. Like I say, when mm. they're talking about this guy's talking about like, yeah, you'd be able to do this and ask questions. I walk into my sitting room every morning and go, hey, Google, what's the weather like? Google tells me. I can go, what time is the bakery closed? Google tells me. And this is the kind of stuff they're talking about in the documentary. It's already yeah. a reality, you know? I, the bit I found most interesting, because just because it is and it's very pop culture, is the hacker bit. Because that guy... Yeah. As we, you know, one of the premier hackers was talking about the, the stuff he'd done, and I thought that was quite interesting. Like, yeah, I found was, that bit quite interesting. And bit that, was... Actually, that was the bit which I'd turned on again. I think that's when mm. I restarted my second sitting, and I immediately sort of like found him, yeah, quite an interesting interview. No, well, to me, it was all about the interviewees because there was that nice yeah. astronomer. Oh, what was his name? Oh, I've suddenly forgotten all their names. <laughs> I'm yeah. useless at this. Rubbish. But um, yeah, and I, I actually found, because I find Elon Musk a bit annoying, but I found that interview quite I thought he was a, well. an interesting interview. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But again, this is this is just a funny thing. This thing, and I like I say, I'm a big Herzog fan, only, but this actually mm. made me get slightly annoyed with Werner Herzog because it's Elon Musk talking about Mars and Werner mm. Herzog, and Elon Musk going, "No one would want a one-way ticket to Mars." And Werner Herzog goes, "Yes, I would. I would go." To yeah, Mars. and you're like, "Yes, but you're bound to say that." It's like it's almost like you've, it's almost like he was doing a parody of himself. Yeah, I totally agree. That was, but I've got, dude. We haven't done any best line, worst lines because I didn't have any no. for my first documentary. My best line, worst line for this was exactly that bit. <laughs> Elon Musk is saying, "I mean, right now we can't even get one person to Mars," and 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 Herx on butts and goes, "I would come along." <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have a problem. And Musk is looking really bemused, and he goes, "One way ticket, I'd be your candidate." Or something. And I just thought, yeah, that's that's actually slightly annoying. You slightly yeah. derailed him. Yes, completely. Well, yeah. Actually, my my best line, worst line from that was. It's a line I quite liked, but the guy said. My dishwasher came to me and said, "Look, I've fallen in love with the refrigerator, and as a result, I have no time to wash your dishes. I wouldn't like that dishwasher." But yeah, okay. Well, I, I've definitely liked it more than you. But, yeah. Um, and I would recommend. I think people should watch this, but 
you know, expect a couple of dips. I think if you don't know anything about technology, watch it because you'll just mm. be shocked that there is technology and it could be dangerous. There's loads of technology in the world. It's always changing. It, it felt a bit like to me that it was it was a manifestation of his sort of like little bit of joy and large amount of fear of like the technology changing quickly in the world. Yeah. It was a bit like fear it, technology, fear it. Look, it could be dangerous. It could be fun, but generally fear it. When he kept on asking, will the internet dream of itself towards the end? <laughs> and just like, stop asking that. And there's all these like, sort of like, the eminent guys going, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, no. Actually, do you know what it reminded me of? When I was a local reporter, mm. I had to interview a guy who had written a book called, <laughs> about the Millennium Bug, and he'd written a book called Surviving the Meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> it really put me in mind of that. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I don't know, it's another D. I think it's a real miss, misfire in the Herzog canon, purely because, like I say, I, I, it felt very out of date to me, even though it was May mm. 2016, mm. and it's a subject I should have been really into. As a techno geek, I should have mm. been really interested in it, and Herzog, I thought, could have really brought something into it instead of actually just being Werner Herzog learns about numbers and buttons and technology and things. Yeah, well... I liked it much more than that. For me, it's a C plus. I think people should watch it. Um, so, so there. Fine. <laughs> we haven't got out of the C territory once this podcast. No. no. Despite, but I mean, the thing is, following on from our maritime episode where we had yeah. a nice spread of movies, I've enjoyed the spread. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And so, funny you should say that. When you say spread, now <laughs> there's, there's there's a couple of different ways you can interpret the word spread. Oh, dude. But normally, when I think of a big spread, I think of a party. And that's the theme for the next movies. Segway. Oh, dude. Check out the segue. It's good. It's good. <laughs> so I figure Christmas is Christmas and New Year are coming up. Um, yeah. We've done Christmas films before. Uh, you, uh, once more, Netflix is sort of filling up slowly with this kind of like eggnog-like bowl of miasmary mm. sludge of terrible Christmas movies. Um and there's only so many times you can watch bad Christmas movies. And then yeah. I thought New Year's movies, but they're almost universally appalling, apart from Trading Places. Of course. And so I just thought, what about party movies? Festive party movies. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be festive. to be a documentary. No, 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 but party movies. Party movies. Yes, yeah, party yeah. movies. P-A-R-T-Y. And I'm not going to make... It's not going to be like three <laughs> awful... Fra- you shush. And it's not going to be like three awful frat boy movies. It'll just be, you know, movies... It might even be movies in which a party figures significantly, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like what was that Tom Hanks... Early Tom Hanks comedy? Bachelor Party. Bachelor Party, for mm. example, would be a good yes. choice. Or um, a movie I can't choose it's not on UK Netflix, High Rise... Oh yeah, um, I've not seen which that. has a large party scene or large party. Anyway, yeah. it will be party movies next time. That is our that is our choice. But that's our thing. It doesn't have to be our choice, ladies and gentlemen. It could be your choice. You have the ability to pluck that genre from the tree and place it lovingly into our hands. If you get in touch on Twitter at we watch anything or Facebook um, or Gmail, Gmail works and people do. We watch anything at gmail.com. Get hold of us there and suggest something or tell us if you hated something and we just won't do it again. But get in touch and if you're really bored, go onto iTunes or any other reviewing and rating sites and give us a bunch of stars if you like it. Yeah, and it really can be anything. It could be horror, 
horror, zombie horror, ghost Ooh, horror, yeah. any yeah, of yeah. the horrors. Yeah, any, any of them would be fine. <laughs> Sci-fi horror, romantic Indeed. horror. Like I'm actually talking that. Around I'm moment. really looking forward. I don't know what medium it's coming out on. There is a movie, a crossover horror movie. I'm really looking forward to. What's it called? Uh, it's called Alan of the Apocalypse coming out, which is a, like a, huh? it's a, it's a zombie teen zombie musical coming out. That's supposed to be fantastic. That's coming Ooh, out really that does well. sound good. Yeah. Mm. Lovely. All right. Well, um, bye everyone. Bye yeah. Benjamin. Thanks I've enjoyed for joining our, our Douglas Adams special. So have I. Yeah. R.I.P. Douglas Adams and R.I.P. This podcast. Brilliant, See you dude. All next time. <laughs> that was excellent. That's my favourite ending of yours. Bye. <laughs>